It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sam Ekstrom, guest hosting on the Ron Johnson Show. Welcome in. I'm going to give you the best stat and the worst stat from the Minnesota Vikings at the bye. Plus, how many wins are the Wolves getting this year? That's coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every day, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. I'm Sam Ekstrom, pinch hitting for Ron Johnson today. I'm Ron's producer. Find me on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom. Thank you so much for joining us. And I've got my right-hand man, Luke Inman of Superior Sports Talk, joining me. He is at Luke underscore Spinman. Find him with Reggie Wilson Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and then Fridays on the roundtable. I guess you'd just say that's every day. Um, Luke, Good morning. Today we're going to get into Vikings bye week stats that stand out. We're going to preview the Wolves season, which I can't wait for. Starts tomorrow night, and we've got a rapid fire daily three that you're not going to want to miss. But Luke, I've got some stats in front of me. The Vikings are at the bye week six games into their season. I'm going to give you the best stat from the first six games, and you can react to it. If you've got one of your own, toss it in there as well. But this is what stands out to me. Number one in drive start field position. That is offensively and defensively. The Vikings are starting further upfield than any team in the NFL. Their opponents are starting further back than any team in the NFL. What does that tell you? Special teams is a difference maker for the Minnesota Vikings so far this year, Luke. Matt Daniels. Might be the MVP. I mean, that that the special teams in four straight games that have been decided by one possession, special teams is the margin on which they're winning. It's a blocked kick here. It's an 80-yard punt here, right? It's, uh, you know, an opponent uh, getting bottled up on kick return. All of those little factors are playing into these close victories for Minnesota. That's been a huge piece of the early season. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. I could talk about this special teams unit uh, the entire show. Um, I I look at uh, the stat that you just ripped out there, Sam, and look at what they're doing with that field position as well. Kevin O'Connell is coming out of the gate with a beautiful game script, and four of the five games going into last week, they scored a touchdown on their opening drive as well. But this special teams unit under Matt Daniels has been phenomenal. They're running down the field with their hair on fire, whether it's Brian Asamoah, the rookie with the speed, Chris Boyd punching the ball out in London. They've been outstanding. And I think you can look back and say special teams, as you mentioned, has won this team two or three of those close games single-handedly. Last week, Ryan Wright, 10 punts, a boomer over 70 yards, six of those 10 punts inside the 20. That's the difference in these close games. You know, look back under the Mike Zimmer era, all those close games that they lost in 2020, 2021. What was the big thing? It was defense in the final two minutes and special teams woes. It was field goals missed. It was extra points missed. It was punts, kickoff return coverage, things like that. That's been the difference. And when you can win in all three phases in this league, you got a shot every Sunday. Matt Daniels, you got to tip your cap to him. What a huge addition he's been to this 5-1 ball club. 
Yeah, I was looking on PFF, too, and I'm not sure I believe them. And I'm a big PFF fan, but they ranked mm-hmm. the Vikings 16th in special teams. And maybe that's because they've missed four field goals, albeit 50 and beyond. They haven't returned any kicks for touchdowns, and maybe they're getting docked for that. But just those those six units, punt coverage, punt team, kickoff coverage, kickoff return, like everyone's just been solid. And Greg Joseph mm-hmm. missing a bunch of 50-yarders. I think you can live with that. Don't want to see him miss extra points anymore. Um, but I, I did find it funny. You know who's last in special teams ranking on PFF, Luke? Want to take, th- want to take three guesses? I'll, I'll give you last three guesses. Last in special teams, I'm going to mm-hmm. say um, the Packers, Bears, and Lions, because why not? The Packers are 32. And what wow. was it that what was it that crushed the Packers last year? special teams and they Mm -hmm. hired the Raiders Mm -hmm. interim head coach to clean things up and I I watched the Packers Jets highlights from last week they're getting punts blocked for touchdowns Mm -hmm. Um, it's a mess in Green Bay right now and that's a big difference in in the five and one division leading Vikings and the three and three second place um, in the doldrums, Green Bay Packers. Luke, you have any what's stats What's most exciting, out? too, real quick here, Sam, what's most exciting, yeah. too, is how close have they been to blocking a few punts? You know Matt Daniels previously where he's been. He's been known to block a few punts. We know Kenny Nwangu on kickoff. He's been known to break a couple loose. Jalen Rager, we're still waiting for him to break maybe that big, long one. There's still a lot of meat left on the bone, as good as they've been, to improve that 16th rank middle of the pack kind of stat and get inside that top 10. That's what's fun. Luke, any stats that stand out to you in the first half of the season, good or bad? Well, you know, on the football party, I always love to go over the win block win rate, the pass block win rate. And, you know, this offensive line has probably been the biggest surprise of the Vikings this year. Credit Rick Spielman, whether you love or hate the guy. He drafted Christian Derrissaw, Brian O'Neill, Ezra Cleveland. Even uh, Bradbury is looking drastically better this season. Here's some great stats. Derrissaw, number two offensive tackle in the entire league in run block win rate. Huge step forward in his second year. Uh, He's been kind of the blue chip of this group, if you will. Brian O'Neill, sixth best tackle in pass block win rate. Bradbury, he's the eighth best center in run block. And even Ed Engram, as hard of a time as he's had in pass pro at times, run game, he's had some serious flashes. Now the 10th best guard in the entire NFL in run block win rate per ESPN. So Vikings have always had this last decade, one or two guys that were solid, but always missing a few pieces. Now you've got four of the five offensive linemen ranking in the top 10 in either pass or run block win rate. And the fifth guy, Ezra Cleveland, maybe not as high of a ceiling as some of the other guys, but he's been rock solid too. You got to go all the way back to the Favre in 09 era, McKinney, Hutchinson, John Sullivan, Charlie Johnson, rookie Phil Lodehold at the time when this team had great blocking up front collectively as a unit. The Vikes got it now. And the best part, they're all young. O'Neal, the oldest, he's only in his fifth year. So a lot of excitement knowing most of these guys should only get better, not only this year, but moving forward in that KOC, Quasi era as they try to build that Super Bowl window for this team. Yeah, with Quasi and KOC, it might not be the players that they acquired this offseason as much as it was the staff members that have mm-hmm. coached up that offensive line. That, that might be the biggest offseason move they made. Chris yeah. Cooper, and a lot of people don't know a lot of the position coaches because it's all just so brand new. Chris Cooper, super interesting background, grew up in Alaska, played college football at North Dakota, 
and here he is um, kind of a no-name offensive line coach, I would say, like in the grand scheme of things, who's really coaching up these guys. He's got Garrett Bradbury turned around. He's got Derisaw taking that leap. Um, really encouraging signs for sure, Luke. Now, uh, before we pivot and talk Timberwolves, we got to talk about some glaring stats because it's not all pretty. Um, I'm kind of going in the weeds here with mine. But this is a stat that concerns me long-term. Eric Kendricks came into this season having, I would say, dropped off from his all-pro status. Like 2019, 2020, there were no linebackers better in football. Mm -hmm. Eric Kendricks made every big play on third downs. He's getting his hand in front of passes, um, intercepting passes with one hand. He was just a machine. He was at his peak. He was in his late 20s, 27, 28. That's exactly when you would expect him to play his best football. Last year? Started dropping off, uh, struggled in the run game, struggled tackling last year, but the coverage was still good. This is what I what concerns me, and there are a lot of stats I could go with, but this is something not not a lot of people are talking about. Eric Kendricks, out of all linebackers, fifty second of fifty four in pass coverage this year. Wow. Now, wow. you could say that that is a product of scheme, and that and maybe the Vikings just don't have a scheme that's very friendly to the linebackers in the pass game. And I, I could believe you. Um, but I think it's something to keep an eye on because Eric Kendricks is an important part of this defense, um, and he has been for many years. But his contract is getting pretty onerous. Like next year, mm -hmm. I think he's owed $11 million, and they could cut him with like $1 million in dead cap. If Eric Kendricks doesn't turn around his game in the second half of the season where, where he's really making an impact – I think he could be a cut candidate after the season. And I don't want that. You know, fans don't want that. But I'm not sure Eric Hendricks is who Eric Hendricks used to be. And maybe that's why the defense in some areas isn't quite as strong as you'd like. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, very interesting to see that. And I think we've all got this free pass in our back pocket that we've been kind of giving the Vikes defense these first four, five, six games saying, Wow, a lot of these guys grew up under Zimmer, eight years of Zimmer in that 4-3 defense. How long is the transition going to take? We talked about Ed Donisell came out and said, yeah, I know, Daniil Hunter, maybe not the production or start we all expected. This is normal. This is what it looks like. I've been around it, trust me. And then last week, he obviously has a great game in Miami. Um, I, I, I think it's interesting when you talk about Kendricks because my bad stat was the red zone defense. Yuck. Red zone last mm. three games, the Vikings have allowed their opponent to reach the red zone seven times. Every time they've allowed a touchdown, seven trips, seven touchdowns. They're the only team with a 100% red zone touchdown conversion rate over that span. And it's not just lately, the last three games. Tire year, they ranked 31st in the league behind only the Raiders with 80% red zone touchdown conversion rate allowed. So uh, we talk about that bend but don't break defense a lot under Mike Zimmer. Certainly on paper, not the same defense we were spoiled with for years. Certainly think, again, Ed Donatel can improve the defense during the bye but I would start tightening up things in the red zone first and foremost. And it's mm -hmm. interesting when I go back and watch some film in the red zone, you know who uh, is having the most trouble with the communication, passing guys off in that zone scheme. It's the two linebackers, Jordan Hicks and who you mentioned, mm -hmm. 
Eric Kendrick. So interesting to kind of tie all that back up together and see that maybe it's those two linebackers. If they can shore up, maybe it's just communication issues right now, Sam. But if, if they can shore that up, you know Kendricks has the ability to be really solid in pass coverage. It's in there somewhere. It's up to Ed Donatel, hopefully during this bye week, to start figuring things out. Comment on the YouTube page. Let us know what you think. Are we crazy to write off Eric Kendricks? And what's your favorite stat from the first six games of the season? Like, comment, subscribe. Locked on Sports Minnesota on YouTube. And find Locked on Sports Minnesota now on the Amazon Fire and Roku apps. It's an awesome, seamless viewing experience. Uh, we're going to predict the Wolves' win total uh, or talk about their season when we come back. But first, betonline.net your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles at betonline.net. No Vikings line to watch this week because it's a bye week, so we're going to watch the Gophers line. They're playing Penn State in Happy Valley. Penn State five-point favorites over under 44.5. Keep an eye on that one. Penn State greater favorites today than they were yesterday. Uh, It's not just football. NBA starts up Wolves tomorrow. NHL is already going this week. UFC, MMA, and golf as well. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. So at some point here, I'm going to levy a Wolves win total prediction on you. I think I might save it for the Daily 3, though. I just want to talk about this team, Luke, um, and the excitement level, but also I think... On my, at least on my part, a little nervousness because when there are high expectations, it is sometimes hard to meet them. Um, injuries can play a factor. Lack of cohesion can play a factor. Um, are all these pieces really going to work together? Last year's Timberwolves team was plucky. They were fun, and they seemed to be really tight-knit um, because they were kind of underdogs. They kind of played that card. They're not underdogs anymore. I mean, they're expected to be a top five team in the West. So tell me this, Luke, does anything worry you in particular about this Wolves season now that we are on the eve of the opener? Well, I I think you can just take a step back now that the dust has settled and say, did the Wolves actually pull off the right move trading for Rudy Gobert? No one's going to argue the talent that he brings to the table. Can't question that. Question is, as the NBA kind of zigs, and the Wolves zag, can they be successful going against the grain and the trends playing that big boy ball while the majority of the teams choosing to play some small ball, quicker, faster players on the court uh, more often than not. ESPN's got uh, the Wolves with four of their starting five in the ESPN top 100 players, three of them, Ant, Rudy, and Cat, they're in the top 25. That's a lot of talent, and that brings obviously way to a lot of excitement, a lot of optimism. But you know they can't do it themselves over the course of an entire season. And the Wolves made a big gamble trading away so many role players in the process. That's what worries me the most. To be honest, though, Sam, during the preseason, I've actually been kind of impressed with their bench and depth during the preseason from what I've seen compared to my expectations after that Rudy trade. Nas Reed, he just won't go quietly into the night. Everyone assumed he would be kind of the odd man out. He'd get the short end of the stick. 
all he's done is stand out during the preseason. 22 points, 11 boards during the Lakers last week. And then you got guys like Jordan McLaughlin, Kyle Anderson, who they brought in. Austin Rivers was brought in. Chris Finch is going to have to really rely on some of those guys to step up and kind of help smooth the transition early on, not knowing how long it's going to take to mesh all these new pieces together and figure out how he wants the flow of the game to look like on a game-to-game basis. And last thing I'll say, D'Angelo Russell, I think, is kind of the wild card of this whole thing. He's kind of been a make-it-or-break-it year with the contract coming up. If they can maximize his talents and tap into what he does best, I think this team, if nothing else, I think they're just going to be a lot of fun to watch. Russell is the guy that worries me. And he could also be exhilarating because he does – so many good things offensively at times, right? Like he will single-handedly win you three games a year where he literally carries you across the finish line. He'll score 22 points in the fourth quarter, but then he'll lose you three, two by over dribbling, taking tough shots. And in a contract year, I just want to know where his head's at because I think the coaching staff, the fans, they look at this team and they say, I want Edwards with the ball in his hands. I want Cat with the ball in his hands at the end. Russell, you're probably the third option, dude. And I don't know if he is going to buy into that. Like, I want him shooting less, passing more, kind of knowing his role. But in a contract year where you're in a sport where you can get paid $150 million in the offseason, is he going to kind of step back and be a second fiddle or a third fiddle? Will he be willing to adopt that role? Will he be tight? Will he play nervously because of his contract status? So I think that's a dynamic that you really don't know what's going to happen. All reports are that he's had a good attitude. The Wolves are beating people in the preseason. But you know who else beat people in the preseason? The Wild. And they've given up 2 million goals in the first three games. So we can't buy into it, Luke. Um, But on a positive note, what are you most excited about with this Wolves team? I I think people are – Equal parts kind of nervous about Gobert, but also that's a pretty exciting player to bring in. Any any player or element of this team that gets you pumped up? Honestly, out of the whole thing, Kyle Anderson actually intrigues me quite a bit. It's not what I'm most excited about going into the season. But from what I saw in that Memphis Grizzlies series, that dude can play. He's solid. He's sneaky. He's one of those crafty vets that I'm really glad they picked up. But um, what am I most excited about? It's the big four, right? And then obviously Jaden McDaniels, that's the five. Uh, how good when they're playing their best ball. And again, maybe it takes a month or two to figure out. Maybe they can uh, hit the ground running right out the gate. But when they're playing their best ball, how good are they? This is a wide open, not just Western Conference, NBA league this year. It is more wide open than we've seen in years past. And we know the Wolves are kind of meshed in that second tier somewhere in the Western Conference. How good can they look when they put it all together? Ant taking an eps- another step forward. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, obviously, during the regular season, has balled out. I got some questions and concerns about what he does in the playoff time. And then Rudy Gobert, what he does to help all the other players around him defensively. Remember that Memphis Grizzlies series, how much they struggled around the rim. He's going to help so much in that area as well. How good can they be? Are they the top of the second tier? Can they even squeeze in maybe the bottom of the first tier in the Western Conference? That's what I'm excited to see. Hopefully, it doesn't take too long to get going. But Chris Finch definitely is going to have his work cut out for him, at least early on, while he tries to figure out all these moving pieces and where they go. Okay, Wolves win prediction coming up in a fast daily three. But first, 
Make sure you check out NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games on the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday night football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts. Bet online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And Luke, I've got a box of Built Bars upstairs that I am loving right now. Save me one. Variety pack. Yeah. It, it's so good. It's so good. And I tell you what, the the raspberry flavor is my favorite in particular right now. I'm just pounding it whenever I need a little pick-me-up. And you know why, Luke? Only 160 calories, 15 grams of protein. It fills you up. It gives you a lift. And it's good for you. Protein. It gives you fuel. Run to Built.com and get a box for you and the family and the kids or just hoard it for yourself, whatever you want. It's the perfect treat. Uh, Built Bars are made with collagen protein, easy to digest, and you can get them at 15% off at Built.com. How? Use the promo code LOCKEDON15. That's promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com for Built Bars. Let's get three minutes on the clock. I've got three questions and we're going to handle all three in the three minutes. So we got about one minute per question. Luke, hit me with a Wolves win prediction for this season. Vegas does not lie. They're freaky, scary, accurate. Caesars Palace has them at 48 and a half wins. I'm going to go just under. I'll take the under on that, but not by much. 48 wins, two wins more than they won last year with 46. I think clearly it's not so much the regular season that I'm worried about. 48 wins, we'll take that in the playoffs. It's come playoff time what they look like. So many times they've been bounced early on. I think Carl Anthony Towns is the guy that needs to really take a next step in his development and progression and his career in the playoffs because he's been kind of a no-show at times during the playoffs. So 48 wins, final answer. I'm going to go 53. I'm bullish on this team because after just expressing how concerned I am about Russell, I think if you get the best-case scenario out of Russell, then you actually could be incredible because you might only have Russell this year. This might be your one chance to have Russell, Ant, Cat, and Gobert together, and I think you got to take advantage with it. So I think 53 is my number, and I think fans would be pretty pumped about that. All right, next one. We're running through the clock. What is one key adjustment? You'd like to see the Vikings make out of the bye week, Luke. Uh, you know, this offense, we've seen them be so inconsistent. Great when they look good. Horrible when they look bad. Four straight three and outs. Ten three and outs out of 15 total drives just last week in Miami. But you know when Kirk Cousins really shines off the play action. His two touchdown throws uh, versus Miami were both on play action. Even if the running game's not clicking, that's okay. You still got to work those play actions and rollouts in. I'd like to see more of that. And hopefully KOC and Kirk, that relationship grows a lot this week. They can sit down, look at the playbook, ask what's working, what's not and start to move on from there and start to really pick up the consistency of this offense, I think, coming out of the bye. Yeah, and I would like to see some new things injected on offense. I'd like to see more Kenny Wangwu. He hasn't been used on offense at all. Use Irv Smith more creatively. He's been a very minimal part of this offense. On defense, use Brian Asamoah more often. We just talked about how the, the linebacker pass coverage has been bad. Use him more often. Um, and Andrew Booth Jr., who should be healthy out of the bye, get him involved. I know you're pumped about that, Luke, as well. That's your guy. Last one, Carson Wentz. 
is going to miss four to six weeks with an injury. Vikings play them three weeks down the road. Is Carson Wentz done, Luke? Will he ever get a chance to start again in the league? I look at how bad the quarterback play and just overall play has been in the NFL this year. And I look at next year, it's a loaded quarterback class. There's going to be a lot of teams that draft young quarterbacks, but you know what always comes along with that is that they try to pick up a veteran quarterback to pair with that. I think Wentz does play again. Kind of a Tyrod Taylor where he gets a chance, yeah. but it doesn't last very yep. long, you know, from, from place yep. to place. Well, that's the daily three. Uh, that's Luke Inman at Luke underscore Spinman of Superior Sports Talk. I'm Sam Ekstrom in for Ron Johnson today. Ron will be back tomorrow with a pretty good Gophers guest. Just gonna, I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, so make sure to check that out. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom. Check out the show on Amazon Fire and Roku. And we'll see you tomorrow on Locked on Sports Minnesota. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 